This is The Squad Room, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of SVU. Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Squad Room. I am your host, Anthony Roman, and we are very excited to welcome onto the program Marishka Hargitay and Chris Maloney. That's right, they're here talking all about this incredible moment in television history, the reunion of Benson and Stabler. All this is happening on The Squad Room, which, as always, is brought to you by NBC and Wolf Entertainment. I'm in The Squad Room with Mariska Hargitay and Chris Maloney, and obviously this reunion was announced a long time ago, and then the pandemic hit, so many things happened, and I'm wondering how you're feeling, all this buildup, now that it's behind you. Well, for me personally, I've waited so many years that the <laughs> pandemic delays were not a huge problem because it was years in the making. So for me, I was ready to wait as long as it happened, but very exciting and happy that there's so much excitement around it. And there's something that feels very natural and full and things are coming full circle and because of, you know, the abrupt nature in which Chris left and the character departed, it's so nice to have a moment to revisit that and complete it in whatever sense it's going to be completed. So to me, it's very exciting. It's exciting. And Chris? Uh, I'm feeling overwhelmed, um, a certain suddenness to a life-changing experience, redux all over again, part two. I'm feeling the sense of, oh, right, a sense of correctness, a sense of this was inevitable, <laughs> an inevitability. That, that surprised me because I personally did not feel that my return was inevitable in any way, shape, or form. And now my feeling was satisfying on my part. So, And in between, since leaving, what were you looking for in the projects you took in the meantime? I mean, not knowing you're coming back. So what were you looking for? You know, a different way of telling stories. I mean, one of the first things I did was True Blood, you know, as a guest star. And I just thought, oh, I'm living in a fantastical world. And that was really fun and exciting. I got to do 42. I got, you know, which I felt was an important movie. And I felt so proud to be a part of that thing. And then, you know, Superman, I'm like, oh, what's it feel like to be in a big mega budget superhero movie? That was interesting. You know, I did Happy, which I was so proud of. And it was so freeing. It was so liberating. Every project I did, there was a reason for it. And it boiled down to different ways of telling a story. I also got my pilot's license, which was just so much fun because, you know, it really does take all your concentration, all, a lot of your focus. So that was great. So obviously people are thrilled that you're back together and reunited and Stabler's back. And it's this kind of beautiful thing, but there's so much that needs to be addressed because of how he left and Olivia's feelings about that kind of not speaking to him for so long and stuff. Were you very concerned about the script and how that gap in time and, and how your relationship was going to be dealt with when you come back together? Like, was that a long process of figuring out the right way to approach it? Yeah, it was. It was really a puzzle to put together. And it was something I was excited about. And it took a lot of work and quite a group of people 
to do. But I was also at the same time so confident in the knowing that we would figure it out. And we had all this extra time. And so because of the order of the scripts and there were so many changes of when we were going to do this, things changed a lot. And um, But I am so happy and with where we ended up. And I think that one of the the biggest gifts for me anyway, is this like innate knowing that Chris and I can navigate any scene to where it needs to be that we sort of know, um, you know, better than anyone really what the scene is because of our history. And that's exciting because if we read something and it's not quite right, or it's just like, it's sort of more of a rough draft and it has like a beautiful shape, but it's not quite nuanced as we want it to be or or not exactly right emotionally, we can get there. And I think that was what was so fun about shooting the first part of the two-parter was that everything sort of fell into place so seamlessly and so easily in such a familiar way that all of it just came back like no time had gone by and we sort of fell into these safe and familiar patterns and yet at the same time came back together as two different people who'd been apart for 10 years with a whole lot to bring to it. And it was really beautiful and and really exciting, I will say. It was really exciting because there was so much unknowing and yet so much, so many invisible strings, I guess I want to say. And Chris, did you have a lot of thoughts about what should happen upon your return? Oh, yes. (laughs) Was there a concern about it ringing true when you get the scripts? Like, this has got to feel right. This has got to feel organic. This has got to be... And and if it doesn't, then we just know. And I think that's what Mershka was getting at. Elliot's departure and what has transpired and how, you know, bringing you guys back together. And I'm like, it's still being worked out which is the way it should be, which is a truth, which is two people 10 years apart, they are incommunicado. You're not getting that sewn up coherently and satisfyingly in one or two or three episodes. It's that you just, that's false. So I would argue that the Benson and Stabler reunion will continue to figure itself out through these two people and their history. You know, to be quite frank, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows Yeah, uh, sta- what has authentically and truly transpired in Stabler's life. And I think a lot of it rests with Stabler, right? She was the one being acted upon and Stabler was the one doing the action, which is leaving and then not communicating. I feel as though we've dropped hints, but I just think that nobody smartly and correctly knew. No. And right. knows yet. That's one of the fun things that I and I might add, like that's fun for me creatively because we were reading a, a, a scene from one of the um, episodes and it just, we were both sort of bumping on it. It just wasn't like quite right. And I sometimes don't have the words for it. I just, I'm like, oh, right. and then we started talking about it. And then I, I was on the way to work and wherever Chris was and we ended up doing the scene like I'm in the car and he's wherever he is, but we sort of talked it out and argued it out. And that's why we found the scene by saying, this is how I feel. Well, this is how I feel. And then, and then the scene was born, but, but there's has to be these extra conversations because everybody does have a different perspective, which is, you know, perfect conflict, right? Yeah. So if the script 
did solve everything and had a little bow at the end of the episode, then that would ring completely false because that's not what happens to people when they don't talk for 10 years. Well, you know, I wouldn't even say that. I think it was, there's an answer. Why did you do what you did? What's the answer? Well, it's complicated. It's going to take a while to unpack. It's not so much a bow as it is and kind of the opposite. It's an unpacking of the complications. Exactly. And some people don't know exactly why they did what they did. We have to time from all these complexities. So everyone's trying to figure it out. And obviously there's millions of fans trying to figure out, do you feel pressure as to how the episode is going to come off? And do the writers feel pressure? Are you aware of what people expectations are? Or do you just block that out and do what feels natural to you? How about this? If I may. So I felt a lot of pressure. I successfully pushed out expectations and all that. But, you know, you really do have to engage those thoughts and those things. It's external noise because it's, it's, it it's not helpful, you know, in the, the creative process. Um, I'll go out on a limb. I think the hardest job was for Warren Light and Julie Martin because they were tasked with introducing my character that everyone knew, but they had never written for. Right. And at the core of it was the reunion of a relationship that they had never, in, you know, kind of truly engaged, right? They only watched it like everybody else. So I think that they had uh, a Sisyphean task, a very difficult task, and they did a great job. And there were a lot of debates and discussions and disagreements. And in the end, it was a, a good, hard-fought battle. I felt it was uh, honest and true and painful and unresolved. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It really feels real and there's a ton of heart in it, which is... And I'll also say this, and I'm going to speak now for Marushka. <laughs> after, after I've spoken for Warren Light and Julie Martin, they the, the difficult, most difficult task, I think she and I had the easiest task, yeah. which was getting into a warm bath which was the waters of Benson and Stabler, you know, and really just kind of playing around in that warm bath. Do you like like that? I do, I do. No, but I do. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, I was just going to say, Anthony, if you were talking to Warren and Julie, they would tell you how truly difficult this was for them. But for so many reasons, and one of which for them the actual story kept changing. And I think there was obviously because there was so much, um, you know, you can call it pressure, excitement, uh, expectation around this. And people just cared more than ever. Um, Everyone was putting in their two cents. And so there were certainly more eyeballs on the story and things kept changing, obviously, because of the pandemic. So they rewrote this script many, 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 many times. And again, did a heroic act in pulling it together with everything that happened. But to Chris's point, what they were tasked with was so much more difficult than what we did. Because once we got the script there, it was such a joy and so painful and yet so much fun. And yet so strange and yet so familiar. You know, I've been in this, as Chris spoke about, he did True Blood and Happy and all these other amazing experiences, which were, you know, so nurturing for his soul and and satisfying creatively for him to do something different after 12 years. But for me, having it be initially very difficult 
with his departure and me going, oh my gosh, this thing that I've been doing for 12 years, this thing that we built is now over and done and I'm going to move forward in a very different way. It is not often that uh, somebody gets to stay on their own show and really get a new one. And so it's been such a joy because there was grieving when that chapter ended. And then all of a sudden the show became something else and it so beautifully evolved into something else. And Benson had the opportunity to forge all these different relationships and work with all these amazing actors and grow and turn into a captain and you know, stretch her muscles and see who she was without Stabler and have to grow in ways that she didn't have to when he was there because he did that. So it was very satisfying to sort of fill out the character that way and to step into that kind of leadership role. And so that's why it's been exciting to have all that and then jump back into (laughs) Benson Stabler, warm bath, as Chris called it. It was just such a joy. And I really am proud of it. I think everyone did such a beautiful, beautiful job, and I'm really happy with it. And to dive into this episode specifically, obviously this tragic thing happens. And one thing that struck me is that you're back together, you're gaining each other again, but you're losing Kathy at the same time. Is it tough to play all those things as they're happening? In that teaser, you see Kathy, you see him. Chris, your wife has just been the victim of this attack. All this is occurring at the same time. It's difficult and it's also very freeing. And for me anyway, sometimes in acting, it's hard because you're doing one thing or you have to make up the backstory. But in this situation, I don't have to make up anything. I've lived it. I lived it. I lived my relationship with him. I lived my relationship with his department. I lived my relationship with his wife. And I lived my relationship with my loneliness. And so it was one of those things like in life where, 50 things happen all at once. And I think that when that happens in acting, that's also really exciting because there's so many ways for you to go. But knowing the history and having lived it and having had things cost you in a different way and things are earned in a different way, and that is very satisfying for me to be able to play those things. Chris, do you have any feelings about that? Obviously, all these things are happening in the teaser. And then there's your big scene later in the hospital what role is the director Juan Campanella play in this? Do you lean on him? Obviously, you've worked with him a long time ago. What do you need from a director in these cases? These are two different issues. So the teaser was itself, which is the atmosphere of the location, listening to Juan. But the truth of the matter is I knew what this was, this moment of seeing my old partner. So that kind of took care of those emotions for the teaser. The rest of what I did in the pilot, um, whatever you saw, whatever emotions I exhibited was everything I was feeling. So, you know, if it came off false, well, what can I tell you? I, it does. Uh, <laughs> I walked in full and knowing exactly what my feelings were, and I left exhausted. And uh, it was and spent. It was rather satisfying. It's a very, very beautiful scene when you guys are talking in the hospital. And it's it's well written and it's beautifully acted. And just, you really feel, I guess. Wasn't Isabella Gillies great, man? Oh, man, pain. Wonderful. Do you feel like what's happening now for Liv? I know everyone wants Liv to be happy. Do you feel like this reunion, as complicated 
as it is and seems, is a step towards happiness because you're getting your friend back. Do you feel like you're headed to a better place or can you not tell yet? Wow. Very interesting. Well, it's very interesting. I don't know if I can talk about it in terms of happiness or sadness. I mean, it's so complex, the feelings. And that's, I think, the beauty in the story, right, is the complexity of the story because there's so many things happening at the same time and so many feelings of everything that happens when you see somebody that you loved so much that was your life, who abandoned you, (laughs) who was married, that you loved, and then their life is crushed, and then their life is a mess, and where do you fit in, and what are you now, and it's not the same anymore, and you can't, but you can, but you don't even know. There's just so much unknown and I think that's what's exciting to mine of what it was and what it, so much of now is sort of defining what it was. There's so much unspoken. There's so much underneath that wasn't able to be mine because we had so much work to do. I keep seeing it like this, so many different strings, this way and this way and this way and this way and this way. There's a lot of pulls in a lot of different directions, so. You know, I don't know what it is yet. We're sort of finding our way through it. And I don't know exactly who he is anymore. And he doesn't know who I am anymore. And so there's all that in there too. No, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing though. No, no, don't. I do. No, 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 no. I've, changed. I've made that decision. I know, but you I've that's made that what that I'm decision. talking nope. about. What's in you your are. head is not the reality. And that's part of the are. thing that we're going to deal with in the next 13 episodes on the OC. I know who you are. So the new crew, Carisi and Garland, maybe they're a bit skeptical. And Chris, I was wondering what Elliot's thinking of the new guys that are around. And- <laughs> well, you, know, you know, it's funny. You know, you got to hand it to Warren. You know, writes me with a chip on the shoulder. I'm like, yeah, it's been pretty close. I mean, but, you know, I think all of these things always have something behind it, right? Garland is standing in the way, wants to make sure Mariska doesn't do things that's going to jeopardize her captaincy and, you know, just her position because uh, he knows her feelings. Uh, Is her, that a real passions. word, captaincy? I thought so, Well, yeah. that's impressive. I liked it. I love it. And, I just want to know. And, I, I was, I was uh, I'll use it. <laughs> and uh, Carisi, I think that came through when he's piping up and introducing himself, you know, when they have the guy in the uh, in the box and I'm <laughs> looking at it, you know, giving him the yeah. Malocchio, the eye. And I was like, you always get a kick when you get a sense of how someone feels about another person without directly saying it, but you get the Yeah, message, I thought that was across. beautifully sort of nuanced and carved. And I also, one of the things I also love about it so much is that now there's all these incredible relationships. Like Carisi and I are really tight. The chief is respecting me and trying to protect me and obviously the whole unit. But Carisi's trying to protect me and knows that I'm emotional and yet knows that I have to be the leader here. And Rollins, they're seeing what's happened and then... Of course, Finn sees the complexity of what's going on, and he's the only one that knows right. the old and the new. Uh, so it's fun to also watch Benson and Stabler through the other characters' eyes. Yeah. I thought a nice thing was that you both reveal a lot. Uh, Mariska, you talk to Rollins, and then there's a great scene with Chris and Finn where they're talking about what Liv has been up to, and then you talk to Rollins about your relationship with Elliot, and we learn a little bit about your feelings by you guys talking to different people, which I thought was a nice touch. The end of the episode here, we have this tragedy, and Elliot, I think 
your kind of reputation and your tough cop and the hard exterior. And here you're going to be with your kids and you've lost your wife and live. She doesn't want to play the role of the shoulder to kind of cry on and be there for you, but you know you're going to be there. As you move into the pilot of the OC, I think your role changes, Mariska, right? In that episode, it's more personal and less professional, right? In the prodigal son, you're kind of on the case and then you shift into a different thing. Is that something we're going to see you come and go kind of throughout in these crossovers? Or will you be working on cases together? Like, how do you, you know, see this it? Is, this is the thing we're, we're, we're sort of wading through all of that now and figuring out what it's going to be. I, I do think that there's a lot to unpack with what happened. So I think that obviously we're going to be in each other's lives. I'm not sure to what capacity and how much crossover there's going to be with the actual case. I know that I'm working on the case now with his wife and that's not going to be over. No. But I think the questions you're asking are the questions that we're also asking and figuring right. out. About so insights. How, what are we going to be to each other and how and now that we're back together, can we go on without each other? Or, you know, I don't even know what this is or what it can be or what, what we're supposed to do now. And Chris says so much has changed in New York and in the world and the police world. And obviously everything's very different, but Liv has been there the whole time and seen the progression firsthand of the city and people's attitude towards the police department in the city. Do you think there's going to be a learning curve to your return? Or do you think you know what's changed and what's happening? Uh, no, I think Elliot ha has a sense of it. And I think that's his defense. He's like, you know, I wasn't born yesterday. You know, he actually says I wasn't, you know, I've been living in Europe, not under a rock. Um, right. But the fact of the matter is you don't know until you know. So knowing it in your head is one thing, living it and then truly knowing it is, is another experience. So that's all good, fine and dandy. I think uh, that's what you need to... Uh, have a, a healthy journey for a character, you know, so that his evolution can continue. And that was the one thing that I also said coming in. I didn't, you know, I feel as though Elliot has evolved, but it, it, it's what I just said is that, you know, you can only evolve so much with what you know or what you're experiencing firsthand. And I think what has happened in the United States is you have to experience it firsthand. Right. But when Liv brings you into the interrogation room, I feel like, you know, you, your emotions get the best of you and maybe it looks like you haven't evolved, but that's also a complicated situation because it's your wife they're talking about. So it's like, it would be easy to lose your head in that scenario, no matter what. Well, well let me see. That's a wonderful point. Cause let me say this about that. There are a number of scenes, both in SVU and in the OC in the first two episodes where I said this, I said, I want 50% of the people hopefully to say, oh, he's this. And I want the other 50% to go, oh, he's that. Which is the scene that I had with Garland in my episode. He says, listen, you have to do this. And I go, you don't understand who and what he is. Because right. I'm the only one that knows who and what he is. That he is a defender and a protector and what it looks like in the culture now. And that complexity is, again, a beautiful thing to mine and uh, certainly a topical one. I'm thinking that no matter who they are, how would you keep your cool with Jacob with what happened to your wife? Like, it just seems like it's a terrible position to be in. And I just want to close out on... Can I keep my cool? 
No. Okay. Did you see how he rolled up his sleeves? I was scared when he started rolling up his sleeves. <laughs> you did not keep your cool. Um, but you were, you were, you know, Mariska was like, you shouldn't have let him in there. You know, there was this kind of like it was a mistake, but and which I understand, but it was also, it was like, like you guys have said, it was a complicated, it wasn't cut and dry. That, that which was, I think, is I think the beauty the in the writing too, though, right? Because the point yeah. is, it is my house now. It is different. But Olivia is still you see somebody and then you immediately fall back into your old patterns. And what oh. we were was partners that like shared a brain and there was so much trust. So when he says, let me in, I can't let me in. I can't live. Trust me. Okay. I do. Right. And I know you'll, and, and this is how we work it. And this is how we do it. And yet it's a different time now. And I think that was so beautiful. And I, I mean, I love the scene on the roof where that is the moment of release. That is the moment of explosion yeah. about that and so many other things. So I liked the tea kettle in that way. Yeah. So two things. One, you both acted with so many people in the 10 years in between. Is there something that, you know, bands talk about chemistry, actors talk about chemistry. There's something that, you know, the Rolling Stones are famously, they're not wonderful musicians. You put the five of them in the room. They're the greatest band of all time. Do you sense something different when the two of you are in a room together that's unlike when you're acting with other people who may be wonderful actors? I'll answer for myself. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it's apples to kitchen sinks. I think that I've never had the opportunity to work the craft, figure out scenes and situations and beats with one person for 12 years. There's, you know, there's, there's that one person. So there was some kind of chemistry spark from the beginning. Absolutely. But I, you know, 12 years, you do have one brain after a while. You're riding the same wave. And you see everything through the other person's eyes as well. You know, you start going, what would they think and what would they think? But I agree with everything he said, but I also think that, that I would immediately, my answer to you was yes. Is there something different between us? Yes. An unequivocal yes for me because I've worked with so many people and had so many great experiences, but the frequency is different. Frequency is different. Good. That's a good word. You can see it. It's clear. That's why I was wondering if you feel it because there was something that just jumped off the screen about it. You see this every so often when you're watching things. It doesn't happen in everything you watch at all. Somebody emailed me who's close to the show who was, who was also very excited about it. And she wrote that the episode is so good. But my favorite beats and my favorite moments is when you two look at each other without saying anything. And I was like, that's exactly right. Because... There's so much there. And again, I keep using this word earned, but I think there's so much between us and also the chemistry from the beginning with the comedy. I mean, yes, we've had 12 years to work and mine a, a beat and a craft and rework it and think about it and then make something of nothing and make, you know, we've had so many opportunities, but also the comedy part of our, just our personalities and our innate spirits also, something else like was birthed from that. And that lives with that. So the second we get back on the set together, it's almost like there's no other people. There's no one else. And people would say to me like, oh, I know Chris was here. I'll just, I'll wait till he's gone. You know what I mean? It was a little bit like that. And people were like, oh my God, now I get it. I heard people say that to me too. They're like, oh my God, you guys. And I'm like, I know it's, I can't, I can't describe it. So there's a thing. 
whatever that thing is. Yeah, it's you probably can't define it, but it's no. it's. But we made a TV show on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you need. So need to define it. Well, it's such a gift, though. I really think of it as such a gift. And, you know, I look at it. We It was something that happened. We talk about this. It was something that happened the first in the first minutes that we met. It was something yeah. that happened the first time we met at the at the audition, at the callback for, you know, the, the network reading, that we just had such a blast and hit it off. And from the minute we walked in, we were already connected before we even read for them. All true. Chris, did you notice a difference? Warren and Julie were not there when you left. Um, it's been a long time. Does the writing for that episode feel different than the SVU that you left behind? No, no. It was, you know, just very specific, you know, how they interpreted Elliot under certain circumstances. Uh, we just had to work out certain things. And all it was was, at times, just interpretations. Maybe it was using different vocabulary, but at the end of the day, trying to get to the same place. But no, you know, solid SVU episode. And I think they handled the reunion, which uh, I still believe it was just, it was so difficult. And I just think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, brilliant. So beautiful. So much work. I think it's, I think, I think differently about Chris. I think it's such a different kind of, it's such a different SVU. I mean, there's no sex crime and it's just a whole different kind of show and I mean, yeah. uh, I'm excited about that because it's such a di- it's not an SVU episode it's so different that I think it's what people are ready for now and I keep using this word but again earned um, yeah and they'll be like I needed that I needed that I needed to know I needed that because there is so many people it was they were robbed in a way it was just ended it was, it, yes it got were. cut this, this connection got cut they didn't need it. Yes. They, they needed it. <laughs> but you know, but they, they needed, needed it. it. People, listen, people would say they needed it. <laughs> they needed it because people would say, "I miss." No, I need it. People text me and said, "I need him." But the <laughs> fact that so many people missed him and missed him because we were one, and so this half was gone, and so it's such a testament to Chris, to the character, to Stabler, to Benson Stabler thing, that after 10 years, people still had such an incredible appetite and curiosity and yearning for this character to come back. And I'm so blown away by that, that it was so culturally relevant. Yes, it's a famous duo. And when it was announced and when you posted a photo to Instagram of the two of you together, really blew up. I mean, were you expecting that reaction or did it go a bit beyond expectations? And I was wondering where it landed or do you no, know that? No, I wasn't expecting that. I just think it's always so fun. It's fun to be together and it's fun to share it because there's always a response. Was it that big? Was I expecting that? No, no, not at huge. all. <laughs> but now... I'm not surprised because when we got back together again and what it was and I it just all came back to me and I remembered and I let myself remember, you know, because here I was having these experiences by myself where I'm everywhere I went for these 10 years. I'm like, oh yeah, Chris and I did a scene there or we would joke about this or we would do that or we would do this. And then I was just like by myself, the crazy lady talking to myself, making the jokes to myself. And then I'd have to call him and tell him. <laughs> I never, I never picked up. She would just he leave, abandoned me. People, she would just leave random Nothing. crazy messages. 
And I'd say, hey, it's Liv. Mm. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the squad room. We are all very excited to see where this season goes. There's a bit of mystery there. We don't know exactly where it's headed, but that's how life is. Yeah. Chris, it's very nice to meet you. My pleasure. Rishka, it's great to see you again. Yes, thank you so much. All right, have a good one. Bye. Thanks. That's a wrap for the squad room. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. As always, we want to hear from you. We love hearing from you. Please follow us on Instagram at NBC Law and & Order and Wolf Entertainment and on Twitter at Law & Order TV and Wolf Ant. The Squad Room is hosted and produced by me, Anthony Roman. It is executive produced by Elliot Wolf and Warren Light. Post-production for this episode was handled by James Asciutto, and we want to extend a big thank you to Victoria Pollack. As always, The Squad Room is brought to you by NBC and Wolf Entertainment. We'll see you soon.